0: This episode of Casa Talk Chronicles is brought to you by DeQueen Auto Group. The folks at DeQueen Auto Group are ready to serve you during all of life's moments, from purchasing your daughter's first vehicle to ensuring your truck is kept in top shape to meet all your demands. Located at eight sixty three East Collin Ray Drive in DeQueen, Arkansas, DeQueen Auto Group is a full service dealership specializing in sales, service, parts, rentals, accessories, installation, and collision repair. Family-owned and operated for nearly four decades, Dequeen Auto Group's commitment goes far beyond just its customers and employees. The business is a proud supporter of the community at large, with donations to local youth groups, charitable causes, and as a premier supporter of the annual Sevier County Fair and Rodeo. The level of service at Dequeen Auto Group speaks for itself. It was voted the 2023 Best Car Dealership, Best Body Shop, and Best Automotive Repair Facility in the 2023 Sevier County Reader's Choice. From owners Jay and Mary Ellen Dooley to Paul Lewis in sales, Tammy Huddleston in the rental department, Alicia McHorder in parts, Jose Hernandez in service, Diego DeNova in the body shop, and Juan in the detail department, De Queen Auto Group is made up of committed and dedicated personnel whose top goal is serving the community, finding you the right vehicle for your needs, and keeping it in good shape on the road ahead. Learn more about De Queen Auto Group by visiting tequeen4.net or checking out De Queen Auto Group on Facebook. Call the dealership at 870-642-3604 or better yet, just stop by at 863 East Colin Ray Drive into Queen, Arkansas for all your sales, service, parts, body shop, and rental needs. Welcome back to Casa Talk Chronicles, the podcast where we explore the people, the places, and the heritage of Southwest Arkansas. I'm your host, Patrick Massey. All right, here we are just a few days away from Halloween. We're just about to launch into what is one of my favorite times of year. It's deer season in Arkansas, of course, but Halloween also marks the start of the holiday season. Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's, all Very fun times in the Massey household, especially now with our little one growing up and beginning to be able to appreciate all those decorations my wife laboriously rotates through our home and yard this time of year. In fact, this past week, my daughter's two favorite words have been ghost and boo. I must testify, it's about the cutest thing I've ever seen. So, as I mentioned earlier this month, I wanted to take an episode and highlight a few local tales of horror... Okay, sorry about that, I had to do it, since it's Halloween and all. These are split up into three parts and concern, well, three different tales. Our local Bigfoot-like resident, the Falk Monster, the Kadaha of Caddo Indian folklore, and a cemetery high up on the list of Arkansas's most haunted places. No point in delaying, let's jump right into these three tales, and we'll meet back up on the other side. Halloween is upon us, and that means it's time for some scares, thrills, and screams. (laughs) A popular activity this time of year is, of course, the telling of ghost stories and other thrilling tales. We all know the tales of the Salem witch trials, the vanishing hitchhiker, the flying dutchman, and the haunted graveyards of New Orleans. But you don't have to look far for a good haunted tale. One of the most haunted places in Arkansas can be found right here in Sevier County. Okay, maybe I'm being a little dramatic here, but it's true that our area consistently ranks in the top ten of most haunted locales in the natural state. I'm talking, of course, about Avon Cemetery. Located just north of Dequeen on the west side of Highway 71, Avon Cemetery is pretty well known thanks to its high haunted rankings. Only in com, which highlights tourism opportunities within each state, lists Avon Cemetery as the fifth most haunted place in Arkansas. Most local folks know the story, but it deserves a retelling here since, well, it's almost Halloween. So as the legend goes, many, many years ago, no one's exactly sure... A young mother sat her baby on the edge of an old well on the cemetery grounds. She began drawing water from the well when the baby fell backwards and into the well. The baby could not be rescued and drowned. The mother, well, she grieved herself to death. Another tale has it that the mother killed the young child and threw it into the well. Either way, local legend has it that if you drop a rock into the well, you can hear the baby crying. There's a chance, too, you'll see an apparition of the mother frantically running through the cemetery. If you're hoping to visit Avon Cemetery and try out the local legend for yourself, well, you might be out of luck. The well was long ago filled in and then covered up. But that hasn't stopped some visitors from reporting some rather creepy encounters when visiting Avon Cemetery. Footsteps without any identifiable source, an odor of rotting meat, mysterious lights unexplained sounds in the surrounding woods a team of paranormal investigators visited the cemetery in 2010 and claimed to capture the sound of a baby laughing here's a part of that clip avon october 8th trip two good <laughs> after, after i seen all those dead bones. yeah i don't know if the i was my wife and i along with a couple of friends visited avon cemetery one halloween night several years ago personally i'm not really into the whole ghost or haunted feeling But my skepticism did little to calm an uneasy feeling I had while touring the cemetery. Like other reports from visitors, we noticed the smell of rotting meat in the air. Perhaps, my friend suggested, the smell of death? We also noticed piles of animal bones scattered on the road and in parts of the cemetery, just like those noted by the investigators in the audio clip we played a moment ago. It's a coincidence, I'm sure, but a coincidence I'd rather not be proven wrong about. Another well-known area haunting is the Gurdon Light. This mysterious light can be seen, so say locals, near a set of discontinued railroad track in a wooded area near Gurdon. The lights and a chance to see them are among the most popular Halloween attractions in the state. According to folklore, the light originates from the lantern of a railroad worker who was killed when he fell into the path of a train. The legend states that the man's head was separated from his body and was never found, and that the light that people see comes from his lantern as he searches for it. In another variation, the light is a lantern carried by railway foreman Will McLean, who was killed in the vicinity during a confrontation with one of his workers, Louis McBride, in 1931. McLean believed McBride was the one who removed the spikes from a section of track causing a freight train to derail in an attempt to derail the Sunshine Special Passenger train. Some sources say the confrontation was about how many hours McBride was allowed to work due to the Great Depression. Either way, McBride confessed to the murder and was executed by electrocution. The lights are believed by some to be nothing more than passing cars on the highway in the distance. Some believe the lights caused by piezoelectricity, the same kind that ignites a gas water heater's pilot light. That explanation is based on the constant stress that the area's underground quartz crystals are under. Gurdon does indeed sit above large amounts of quartz crystals and the New Madrid fault line, so it's a good explanation, but one that doesn't convince many local residents who know the Gurdon light is not so easily explained. Imagine this scene. You're walking towards your front door, one arm full of groceries, another holding on to your young child. Then your phone rings. It's that important work call you've been waiting for all day. You can't miss it. You fumble to get your phone out of your pocket. And that's when you realize you can't do three things at once. You hold on to the child. You save the groceries. But your phone? Slip. Fall. Shatter. Sounds familiar? Well, it's exactly what happened to me the other day. Now, I could have tossed the phone, lost all my contacts, lost all those photos of my daughter, that important text message I hadn't responded to just yet, and went on to buy another. But it said I went to Smartphone EMT to have my phone fixed like new. And with locations in Queen, Arkansas, Broken Bow, Oklahoma, and Texarkana, Texas, finding a Smartphone EMT location couldn't have been more convenient. Esteban Ochoa and Smartphone EMT's experienced crew of technicians specialize in both Apple and Samsung products, including iPhones, iPads, all models of Galaxies, as well as PC and MacBook repair, virus removal, custom builds, setup, and much more. Come see for yourself why Smartphone EMT has an established reputation for quality repair and fun customer service. Smartphone EMT is locally owned, people-oriented, and the area's best for smartphone and iPad repairs. Find out more about Smartphone EMT at SmartphoneEMT.com or visit the Facebook page. Give them a call at any of their three locations or just stop by in person. Smartphone EMT is fixing broken phones and broken hearts. With Halloween just several days away, we thought there was no better time to take a look at some of the haunted and just plain creepy parts of our corner of the state. Earlier, we looked at Sevier County's very own haunted locale, Avon Cemetery, and the ghastly tale of the Gurden Light. Now, we're going to look a little further south at the swamps of southern Arkansas, where for decades something, so it's been said, has been lurking, hiding, and only occasionally making its presence known. The swamps of southern Arkansas are a notoriously wild and almost impenetrable expanse. It's a land almost forgotten to time itself. And there, around the town of Falcon, and the surrounding wilderness, something mysterious and terrifying is said to live. I speak, of course, of the Falk Monster. The story of the Falk Monster spans five decades, with initial sightings in the early 1970s. The creature is most commonly associated with the Bigfoot or Sasquatch of American folklore. A hairy, bipedal, seven-foot-tall ape-like creature said to have, oddly, three toes, the Falk monster has had many run-ins with residents of southern Miller County, if you believe the stories. The monster came to some fame after it reportedly attacked a man and his family at their home. Sightings increased from there, with the creature blamed for multiple deaths of large animals in the area. One farmer claimed to see the Falk monster run off with a pair of 200-pound hogs tucked under its arms. Soon after, a series of cheesy docudrama films were made and helped carry the legend of the Falk monster to audiences across the nation. I've seen the first two movies, and they're full of, um, let's just call it heart. Nonetheless, The Legend of the Boggy Creek Monster, as the movie was called, was the 10th highest grossing film of 1972. Americans, after all, do love a good Bigfoot tale. Here's a clip from the movie detailing one of the first reported encounters with the Falk Monster. I thought at first it might be some kind of a wild man. I couldn't tell all that hair just what it was. I changed my shells and my shotgun from squirrel shot to my buck shot. More for my protection than anything else. I'd have had my rifle, I believe I could have knocked him down. Most encounters with the Falk Monster, however, have been pretty peaceful. But those who claim to see it don't recommend visiting the surrounding woods alone. Nonetheless, that hasn't stopped the creature from becoming Falk's most famous resident. An annual festival is held to celebrate the creature and its legacy in southern Arkansas. The Falk Monster Mart is a great place to see some history on the monster and maybe even talk to a local or two who claim to have seen it. And in case you're wondering... Sightings of the Falk monster and its related kin aren't just centered in Miller County. Obviously, the creature doesn't care much for county lines. Sightings have been reported right here in Sevier County, mostly in the bottoms of Pond Creek. A few folks around the Little River and Rolling Fork River have helped make the legend more local with their own sightings of the monster. That includes one recent incident regaled to me personally. A few hunters checking their deer feeder near the Rolling Fork River at the beginning of last year's archery season found the feeder smashed to bits and dragged hundreds of feet from its location. They're adamant it wasn't hogs, but something much bigger, much scarier, and likely much hairier. I'll leave it up to you to decide. But one thing's certain. Talk to someone who's claimed to have seen the monster, and you're going to feel a chill down your spine. And you might just be left wondering if there's a lot more mystery in those woods than what we know, or even want to believe. And now, let's take a look at another story to get the goosebumps rising, just in time for Halloween. Arkansas has its share of monsters. The bear-like Ozark haller, or the dragon-like Goro that inhabit the dark caverns of the Ozark Mountains. The Newport area has the White River Monster, our very own version of Nessie. There are plenty of ghost towns and ghost stories, haunting abandoned buildings, the disembodied glowing lights traveling the train tracks of Gurdon, or old settlements taken over by the forests and those lost souls wandering in the old homesteads, frightening unwary hunters or campers who trespass onto their haunted lands. And of course there's the famous Falk Monster, our very own Bigfoot, stalking the swamps and the Red River tributary Boggy Creek, not too far from us. The Owashitaws have very few modern ghost stories it can call its own, but our area is rich in American Indian mythology. Many folks may not recall some of the ancient Kado Hedako or Kado legends since the tribes were forced to relocate from the area in the mid eighteen hundreds. Awashita is a name derived from the Caddo, specifically the Tula people. Known legends include the underground monster defeated by lightning, the daughter and the serpent monster, a deadly giant snake with antlers, the dangerous lost elves that live inside hollow trees, haunting the forests, abducting humans, and turning them into elves. Then, there is the legend of the Kadaja, a gigantic, hideous, horned, man-eating ogre said to hate humans. Sometimes Kadaja, the devil, is described as resembling the horned winged serpent Uktena of Cherokee legend. Kadaja figured in stories as being in opposition to Kadiayo, the supreme being of the Caddo. The legend was reportedly told by a Franciscan friar in 1781 out of Texas who had interacted with the tribe. A shortened version of the friar's retelling of the Kadaja myth is very similar to the tale of the daughter and serpent monster. Two sisters were out gathering food when, according to transcribed tales, the Kadaja rushed out of the bushes and attacked. Its red eyes blazed like hot coals. It was adorned with horns so wide the tips stretched beyond view. The sisters ran, but the monster captured one sister who was pregnant. The beast snatched her up with its claws and gobbled her up. The second sister managed to climb a tall tree standing along the shore of a large pond with waters black and deep. The tree was so tall, Kadaja could not reach her. He tried to climb, but fell. He clawed and gnawed at the roots with his enormous teeth, trying to fell the tree. He ran the tree with his massive horns, shook it, and attempted to snap it, repeatedly bending it back and forth. Eventually, the tree began to weaken. The girl knew her time was short. She dove into the water to escape. Kadaja sucked up all the water, intending to scoop her up once it was drained but she was nowhere to be found. The maiden knew of an underground stream, the source that fed the pond. She had tricked the monster, escaping up the stream until it surfaced far away into a sunny area. The girl and her mother returned to the tree once Kadaja had gone. They found the cap of an acorn with a single drop of blood inside. They returned home, and the mother placed the blood-stained cap in a covered pottery jar. That night, they heard a scratching coming from inside the jar. They opened it to discover a baby boy no bigger than the mother's little finger. Startled, they covered the jar once more. The next night, more scratching occurred. The jar burst open. Out stepped a handsome young man, the son of the deceased daughter. He was told the story of the attack, prompting him to seek vengeance. His mother created a bow and arrow for him. The next morning, the man, now known as Blood Drop Boy, tracked the ogre, he drew and fired, hitting Kadaja. The arrow sunk deeply into the beast, injuring but not killing him. Kadaja ran off, supposedly never to be seen again. But who's to say Kadaja doesn't still lurk amongst the rocky bluffs or the shadows deep within the thick Awashita forests? Perhaps the demon wanders down the Cossatot River, seeking prey in the foothills and flatlands of southwest Arkansas, hunting for its next. Human meal. Well, I hope you enjoyed these tales. Not a bad assortment of spooky stories for one small corner of one state. I hope you and your family have a safe, enjoyable Halloween and are looking forward to a great holiday season. I want to take a moment to thank our sponsors, Queen Auto Group, located conveniently on Culinary Drive in Queen. And thanks to Smartphone EMT. Find out why Smartphone EMT has established a solid reputation for quality repair and fun customer service specializing in smartphones and iPads. And, of course, thanks especially to you, the listener. From me and everyone with the Washita Podcast Network, thanks for listening to Cosita Chronicles. Make sure to check out the others at washitapodcast.com. Visit Casatoc Chronicles on Facebook and email us at Chronicles at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. See you next week.